Please join in our entrance hymn, Thine Be the Glory. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. A very warm welcome to morning celebration of Mass here at St. Bride's Church in Cambus Lang. This is the funeral Mass for the repose of the soul of John Keatings. Welcome to all of you who have come today for the Mass. Welcome to Mark and Carol, and to their daughters Madeline, Grace and Erin. Welcome to his relatives and to all John's friends who are here uh, today too. And welcome to also all former colleagues of his and representatives of the schools where he was a teacher. 
Speaking to those who have known John over the last uh, few weeks, it's clear that John was a very gifted person in many ways, a fine teacher and someone who was interested in all sorts of things in life. But one of the great gifts I believe that he had was the gift of friendship. He was a great friend to many people. Today we've come to this church then to celebrate uh, friendship and love that binds us together. In this church also we remember the friendship of God for us too. A friendship that's firm, lasting, a friendship that is love forever. We thank God in this church then today uh, for John who has been your friend. We thank God for all the blessings and happiness and joy and love that has come our way through the life of John. John was an extraordinary man in many ways, gifted, talented, and we are so thankful for his life, which has meant so much to so many. One of his last wishes and desires was that his funeral should take place in this church and that mass should be offered for him. So we are here at his bidding to remember him and to pray for him today. To prepare ourselves to celebrate these sacred mysteries, we first call to mind our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, our Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, in whose presence the dead are alive, and in whom your saints rejoice full of happiness, grant our supplication that your servant John, for whom the fleeting light of this world shines no more, may enjoy the comfort of your light for all eternity. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God for ever and ever. Amen. The first reading is from the prophet Isaiah. Fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed, I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you and uphold you with my right hand of justice. For I am the Lord, your God, who grasps your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not, I will help you. I have brushed away your offences like a cloud, your sins like a mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. Can a mother forget her infant, be without tenderness for the child within her womb? Even though she forgets, I will never forget you. See, upon the palm of my hand I have written your name. Yes, in joy you shall depart, in peace you shall be brought back. The word of the Lord. Thank you. 
reading from the first letter of St. John. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is of God. Everyone who loves is begotten by God and knows God. Whoever is without love does not know God, for God is love. In this way, the love of God was revealed to us. God sent us his only begotten Son into the world so that we might have life through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as expiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we must also love one another. No one has ever seen God. Yet if we love one another, God remains in us and his love is brought to perfection in us. The word of the Lord. Thank <laughs> you. 
from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. A lawyer, <clears throat> to disconcert Jesus, put a question. Master, which is the greatest commandment of the law? Jesus said, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. The second resembles it. You must love your neighbour as yourself. On these two commandments hang the whole law and the prophets also. The Gospel of the Lord. listening to people talking about the life of John Keatings over the last few weeks. I'm aware that he led a very full and varied life. Brought up in Wishaw, his journey through life was to take him uh, to all sorts of different places. He, was, he had been a seminarian studying for priesthood in the Spain and in Glasgow. Uh, he was a teacher uh, too, an excellent and inspirational teacher too. Uh, and taught in different schools over a long teaching career, eventually becoming a deputy head at Bell Houston High School. He had lots of interests in life, uh, in language, in literature, the arts, and in music too. He was a warm individual too, uh, and liked lively and humorous conversation. Over the course he had, of his life, he had many friends, and friendship itself was a very important thing to him in his, in his life. He was not without human faults and defects of character, a stubbornness, may even uh, uh, blunt and intractable at times, a uh, plain speaker. Uh, sometimes he looked at things with a kind of wintry eye, you would say. All of these things uh, went to make up his character. And for all his friends who have known him, he was liked and loved. For the Mass today, I've chosen uh, that Gospel passage, the short lines from St. Matthew's Gospel. And the man in the Gospel comes to Jesus and addresses him as teacher and asks him a profound question about what is the greatest of the commandments. The same question has been asked, I suppose, over the ages. Many people have sought out sages and wise people to give an answer to the question. John would not have been perhaps unfamiliar uh, with what happens in that gospel passage. 
that question and answer. Himself as a teacher, he would also, in that classroom situation, have had to face such a situation. By all accounts, he was an exceptional and inspirational teacher, and I'm sure that he'd have been able to field any question and not be frightened of what anyone had to ask him. I doubt, however, he might have been asked a question of this nature. He was more used, perhaps, to telling people or having people ask him where their pen was or the fact that they hadn't done their homework. Jesus is asked uh, the same question uh, in the Gospel. Uh, what must I do to gain eternal life uh, very often? Uh, and he gives the same answer that he gives in this passage to the person who comes asking him which is the greatest of the commandments. And the simple answer that he gives is to love God and to love your neighbour. No laboured answer, no details, no rules, just love God and love your neighbour. If you do this, then you have fulfilled all the laws and all that the prophets ask of you, and you will gain eternal life. Again, speaking to people who have known John, uh, his faith over the years was pared down. It can't get any more pared down than what Jesus has to say in the Gospel about faith. Do these two things, and eternal life is yours. Love God and love your neighbour. John was unhappy with the church on a number of issues, as many people are these days, and perhaps rightly so too. Perhaps his faith, though, resided in the end in these two great truths, love of God and love of neighbour. Nothing else matters than this. Nothing is more important than these two things. And from the depths of his heart and his existence, he tried to answer those questions in the best way that he could. Even in an earlier part of his life, offering himself to become a priest and maybe all through his life in his teaching career, helping young people to answer big questions in their life. In the end, of course, then, there are two things that really matter. These are the two things that really matter. Some people may think along the way that they've lost their faith, but in concentrating on these two great things, in actual fact, they've found their faith. They've found the things that really matters. And in the end, we know that God knows everything that's in our hearts. I mentioned earlier that friendship was important to John. Over the course of his life, I know that he had many friends. Many people gained much from his friendship and care of them. And I suppose many of you are here to acknowledge that fact today. Friendship can often be a passing thing. But for John, friendship was one of the great things in life. Today, we think of the many young people in different schools who gained from him knowledge and expertise and gained much from his conscientiousness. We all know that to meet a teacher, a good teacher, who inspires you is something that can change the course of your life. So many people here and maybe others who are not here could testify to that fact being true with meeting John. 
At the end of the Mass, uh, Mark, his friend, will speak about John and what he meant to him. And in the crematorium, uh, Jerry, his friend, will also pay tribute to him. In those last days of his life, when he was preparing for his death, he sent a message to me requesting that his funeral could take place here and asking me to celebrate the Mass for him. For me, it's a singular honour and privilege to do this for a man who has achieved so much and who was loved by so many. I hope that he never ever thought the answer that I would send him back could be anything else but yes to his question. In those last moments of his life, I was able to come to the hospital and administer the last sacraments to John. In a way, he didn't need to have these sacraments because all of us are led by the grace of God in our life. But they are a sign and they are a sacrament of God's love for us at the beginning and also at the end. Just as in baptism, we receive that sign at the beginning and in the end, we receive it in this great sacrament too. May you be at peace now, John, after the travails and difficulties of the illness. May you be at peace after all that your life has brought to you and to others. May God bless you for your generosity, your kindness, your love that you have shown to so many people. And may he reward and bless you as you reach the destination for which you've been travelling all along. Please stand. Once again, we bring our prayers for all our needs. For Pope Francis and all the church leaders, that they be driven by the mercy and compassion of Christ throughout their leadership and remember the most vulnerable and alienated in today's society. Lord, in your mercy. For world leaders across the planet, that their decision-making avoids that their decision-making avoids unnecessary conflict and considers firstly the poor and those most in need. Lord, in your mercy. For those who work with young people, and in particular for teachers everywhere, that they may be guided by the Holy Spirit to ensure that all young people can develop their potential regardless of their background. Lord, in your mercy. For those suffering from poor mental health and anxiety, that they may be comforted by Christ's message of love and peace. Lord, in your mercy. For those in our local community, including the parish of St Brides, that they may be strengthened and thrive through prayer and a shared vision based around the gospel. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayers. Heavenly Father, we ask you to continue to guide us by your providence and care. And we ask this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen.
Please join in our offer to him. Make me a channel of your peace. brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the offering of this sacrifice be pleasing to you, Lord, so that the soul of your servant, John, finding through your mercy the pardon he sought for all his sins, may exult forever with your saints and praise your glory for all eternity, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It's truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For he is the salvation of the world, the life of the human race, the resurrection of the dead. Through him the hosts of angels adore you and rejoice in your presence forever. May our voices, we pray, join with theirs in one chorus of exultant praise as we acclaim. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the high. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the high. And you are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray by sending down your Spirit upon them what the do fall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. 
In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you've held as worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that, sharing in the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. And remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world. Bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, Joseph, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember your dear servant, John, whom you have called from this world to yourself. Grant that he who was united with your son in a death like his may also be one with him in his resurrection. And remember also all our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face, and have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Joseph, her spouse, the blessed apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be coerced to eternal life, and we praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him, and with him, and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours forever and ever. Amen. I invite you please to stand. We pray together in the words that Jesus has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may always be free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you, look not in our sins but in the faith of your Church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Peace of the Lord be with you always. Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world, blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter into my life, but only say the word of my soul shall be you.
specific. Just to invite you to come forward uh, for Holy Communion today and just to say that the restrictions uh, only allow for communion on the hand if you're receiving communion. So when you receive communion, I just invite you to uh, step to the side. It uh, gives you enough time to pull down your mask and to receive uh, the host. Um, and obviously to return to your seats. Uh, you're very welcome to come to communion uh, today. Uh, if you don't want to receive communion today, then uh, just to, if you'd like a blessing instead, then just put your hand on your breast uh, and I'll give you a blessing.
Kirtan. As we receive these heavenly gifts, we give you thanks, O Lord, and humbly pray for the soul of your servant. Free through your son's passion from the bonds of sin, may come happily into your presence. Through Christ our Lord. Please be seated. John Keatings, born on the Feast of St. Columba in 1958. He hated numbers as well, and he died on the 2nd of the 2nd, 22. (laughs) John Keatings was, quite simply, an extraordinary human being. He was someone who gave so much to so many throughout his life, and someone who had influence over thousands of people, as a force of good and kindness. From his parents, who were so proud of his achievements, to the many young people he offered guidance to in schools in Scotland and in Abu Dhabi, to his wonderful, eclectic friendship groups, to his adopted family, we are all grateful to have been blessed with the gift of John Keating's. John was proud to have been brought up in Wishaw and was educated at St Aidan's, Notre Dame College of Education, Scots College in Salamanca, albeit briefly, and the University of Glasgow. He certainly talked more fondly of Wishaw than he did of Salamanca. (laughs) While he loved the architecture of that medieval town, he certainly preferred the blunt honesty of Lanarkshire to the rarefied and somewhat different environment of seminary life. He often spoke to me about waking up after a horrific nightmare. And I said to him, John, what was it? He says, I was back in seminary, Mark. <laughs> John's relationship with some of church dogma became thorny, although I do know that he retained a strong faith in God. He was clear that he wanted his journey from this world to progress from this church, and in particular, he regarded Father Morton as a man of enormous integrity. I think we're all glad that John's wishes have been realised today. John was, by his own admission, a curmudgeon, (laughs) or as Carol would call him, a grumpy old troll. (laughs) He was very clever, particularly with words. He appreciated good grammar and loved to learn new words. For a long time, he looked to expand his vocabulary by learning a new word each day. Well, perhaps we could all take a few seconds to think of a word that we would associate with John. He loved to laugh, and his fondness for basic schoolboy humour could not really be hidden. It would perhaps be inappropriate um, to share any of this specifically at at this current time in the church, though. He also never tired of telling the girls the oldest jokes on the planet and watching me cringe as he delighted in their reactions. You remember, Erin? Knock, knock. Who's there? Isabel. 
Isabel who? Isabel no working. That was Uncle John. He just loved those girls almost as much as he wallowed in provoking my annoyance with the terrible jokes. Another favourite pastime, as we all know, was catching you out. He just loved being right, almost as much as he loved you being wrong. <laughs> Saturday nights became a pantomime of out-there statements, immediate followed by a, immediately followed by a Google check. We'd have bizarre discussions regarding topics that no one else would have considered, such as, is it grammarian or grammatician? It is grammarian, by the way or whether the use of a comparative or superlative form of an adjective had to be used. I could never get an answer from an English teacher on that. So I did a bit of checking the other day, and I got it straight from the Professor of English at the University of Nova Scotia. And he said, well, George Orwell said, speak properly and in as few words as possible. For the end of speech is not ostentation, but to be understood. So there's your answer, John. We got it in the end. He loved language, and he loved telling stories to young people, and they loved listening to him. Although there were times with us all when we had to make the journey to repair the friendship, it was a journey I know we were all glad to have made. John's friendship was always worthwhile, and trust, although not something he gave easily, was something he cherished enormously. He cared deeply about his friends and was loving and very sensitive. His life was not always easy, and he suffered prejudice for who he was. There were always personal challenges for John with relationships, and at his core, he was emotionally very vulnerable. He was a greeter, wasn't he? <laughs> His great friends recognised this in him and, he, and they loved him for it. John always loved an underdog and supported those who suffered injustice in their lives. He was also someone who took an interest in politics and he rejected all of that right-wing rubbish about there being no society only the individual. He respected the views of others, but he had no time for lazy, selfish thinking that looked at promoting self-interest. Surreptitiously, he was always looking for opportunities to help the vulnerable and the poor. Travelling was also always an, a passion for John, and I count myself lucky to have been to many places with him. As a family... We often travelled around the UK and Ireland to the Italian lakes or the Canaries. And as principal teachers, we infamously spent time in Paris with pupils from the east end of Glasgow. I remember him remonstrating with the host hotel staff who thought it was okay to give the students grated carrot for their dinner while the staff had a full meal followed by cheese. John made sure the students were properly fed before any of the staff ate anything. The same John was then full of the joys after the bar staff in the hotel left the teachers to help themselves and leave the money for what they had taken. Getting up the next day, I said to John, where's that 4,000 euros that we were holding for the kids? 
Panic set in. The money wasn't there. We were both thinking, oh no, sack, police, goodness knows. We both returned to the bar to find the 4,000 euros beside the till, alongside the money in lieu of the gargantuan quantities of red wine we had all consumed. A true honesty bar, indeed. Every time John went on holiday with his friends, he would speak passionately about his experiences and he'd make you want to travel there. In some cases, like Berlin, we were able to do just that. He always wanted to get close to the experiences of the locals. And when he was travelling and told many funny stories about his early life in Abu Dhabi as a young teacher, particularly stories with uh, his close friends, many of whom are here today. John, as we all know, was never shy of expressing an opinion. It did not matter to him whether or not his views would be popular. He had strong moral principles which guided his thinking, and he was a stickler for good grammar. Famously, on one occasion at a meeting of deputy head teachers with the authority in Glasgow, John asked a question of a very senior official which involved reference to an ampersand. The senior official had no idea what an ampersand was and asked John if he meant, was it that wee squiggly sign? <laughs> the official was, and still is, known as ampersand man. <laughs> he shall remain nameless. However, John was not infallible to mistakes of his own. One day, while we were attending a principal teacher meeting in Lock End, in the east end of Glasgow, we were being given a demonstration of a brand new technology. It was a long time ago now. We were seeing, for the very first time, interactive whiteboards. Mightily impressive it was, too, for both of us sat side by side. Unable merely to enjoy the demonstration and think about how he might use it in his classroom, John felt compelled to ask a question. Feeling pretty smart about himself, John gestured with his hands to a much smaller device, saying, This technology looks really great and I see that it comes in various shapes and sizes. At this point, I was looking at John quizzically, wondering what he was talking about. The demonstrator then replied to John, saying, I'm not sure what you mean, John. That's a flip chart stand. <laughs> I fell off my seat laughing, and Carol, also present at, at, the, at the time as the business manager, made sure um, he showed off with another big word. And, that was, and, he, and he was reminded of that pure ready. <laughs> Our memories of John will all be different. But in a way, they will all be similar. To have had the privilege of feeling the warmth of John's kindness is something we should all be grateful for. I know that my family will feel a tremendous void for a long time. It will be the same for anyone who knew him. Thankfully, his end here in this world was peaceful. And unlike when he had to get his car an MOT or cut a hedge, he was in no distress at all. Goodbye, John. Thanks for the brilliant memories, for the friendship and for the love.
Thank you, Mark. That was very good. Thank you. Please stand. So before we go our Breathe.
trust is thy